bzz, 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 I'm gonna get some pollen. Everybody and welcome to another episode of the Geekscape Games podcast. This is level 169. How come you automatically just get to open? Uh, that's right. We're back with another episode uh, live from PAX uh, West, the third episode in as many days, and we're here to chat about the games that we've been playing, the things that we've been seeing, uh, and just what we've been doing uh, during our time down in Seattle. Uh, as always, I am your host Derek, and with me today we've got Michaela. How are you doing? Sup, yo? I'm good. Good. Yep. Just uh, living the dream. Courtney Dossett. Pax. Oh, Courtney oh. Dossett. Courtney. <laughs> wow. Courtesy Dossett. Courtesy of Courtney Dossett. We are here. At, I mean, in some ways it is a courtesy yeah. because thanks for making it so that we have a place to sleep. Thank you. And Thank you. Uncle Johnny. Thanks. Yeah. Thank because you. I am not the one who owns this apartment. Thank well, you, Johnny. This episode yeah. sponsored by Johnny last name. And Nancy. John Nancy Table. Johnny Nancy. Quality peeps. Uh, and that uh, that that disappointed grunt in the corner that you hear <laughs> is Jake. How are you Constant doing, Jake? Constant disappointment. Our, our Constantly fav- disappointed, our but I'm fav- great. Our favorite stick in the mud. Ooh. <laughs> Eat a bag of dicks. Again. Oh. Oh. <laughs> Joke. Wow. So things are getting uh, a bit antsy now that we've uh, things are getting heated now that we've been together for a few days. Um, (laughs) We're all tired. tired. We're all uh, burnt out, and we all have one day of packs left. Um, Last night we told you we were going to be skipping today, but we we lied. We lied and realized that it made much more sense to record tonight than tomorrow when we're driving back to Vancouver Canada. and wake up at six in the morning. Yeah, so Gross. we could do like a road show, you know, from inside the car. <laughs> we could. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Technology. Yeah. Um, how was everyone's day today? Fucking busy. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I feel like ours was chill. Mm-hmm. My day tomorrow will be chill. Today, I literally had three back-to-back appointments and then another appointment like an hour before the beginning of that chunk, and I was, I was feeling it. Sounds like a good day. It was a good day. Great. It was super good. Yeah. Uh, what did you do first? Tell me. Why don't you start? Oh, um, I. What did I do? I went to Bee Simulator, which I was literally so excited about. Um, for some reason, in my head, I thought that it should be a VR game. It wasn't. That's cool. Whatever. <laughs> um, I will have more details about who and what and where and why in the interview that I did, which will be posted as a compilation podcast. Um But I talked to Lucas, who is one of the creators of the game, and it was so freaking cute. He said that the reason he made this game is because he read a book about bees to his, like, five-year-old daughter. She's five now, so I guess she would have been younger at the time, but, like, two years ago read this book and was like, hmm, 
the way that bees live would make a really good video <laughs> game. I don't and think it's been tackled before. He's not wrong. Like, yeah. it makes so much sense. Like, video games need, like, a motivation and, like, tactics and mechanics of how things work and why they do what they do and, like, what their goals are and the hierarchy and the system. And bees have all of that shit. And who would know that except for somebody who read a child's book? Not this girl. Entomologist, maybe? <laughs> maybe. Maybe those those scientists would yeah. know. Um, but yeah, so it was super interesting. Uh, the game, as far as I can remember, is on PC and Switch. I love that everything is on Switch. Everything is on Switch. Everything's, Everything's on, on Switch. Switch. Everything's on the Switch. Nintendoomed. There's too many games on the Switch, so people won't know what to buy, so they'll just buy something else. That's okay. We're going to talk about a bunch of games today that are coming out on Switch. Yeah. Yeah. Because everything's Everything's coming coming out on Switch. Switch. Everything's coming up Switch. I think PAX might have been sponsored by Switch, and if not, it should have been. Um, Yeah. So, anyways, this game is literally like a bee running around grabbing pollen and like your quests are like grab this number of pollen and that's the only quest i did but there's other quests (laughs) too um but the beauty of this game is that it's actually designed to be able to be played by either children or adults and it's totally designed to be like a zen get home after a hard day at work play for half an hour chill the fuck out and just like let all your worries go kind of thing so you're not like you know battling like 40 monsters and totally stressed out the whole time you're like i'm gonna get some pollen um and then (laughs) there's like two different versions where a kid can play (laughs) wait there was a delayed realization that i made a pun i just want to point out again that took me way too long (laughs) there's our stinger (laughs) wow that is a good one that is a really good one. It just took a minute. That's it's the new fine. stinger. You know that, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh. um, buzzing around, buzzing calling, around. chilling out, no monsters. Yeah, so there's like two different, um, I guess, difficulties in the game. So there's like one that's geared towards children where... You kind of go for whatever color flower. All of them have, like, the way that you pick up pollen is there's, like, kind of like a glowing circle around the, like, flower on the plant. And you have to fly through it. And then you collect the pollen. And I guess when you're playing the adult version, it's a much smaller circle. And there's, like, multiple different kinds of pollen based on the color of the flower. And so you have to get particular kinds of pollen to reach whatever goal you have. Whereas the kids version, how are there so many questions from you guys? I barely even talked. Um, the kids version, it's all just any flower and the circle's much bigger. So it's easier to get through, but you still have to go through the circle. Yes. Uh, I was just curious what type of game it is. Like, is it like a top down strategy game or like an over the shoulder 3D game? Like, are you, like, the bee, and you kind of, like, see everything that's curious? Or you're looking looking through the eyes. Too hard of questions. (laughs) Uh, No, so you can 
uh, you're like watching the bee. Like from you above. are the bee, but you're watching yeah. the bee from above, so it's third person. Okay, so like um, looking over your shoulder. Or you can be first person the bee, Ooh, nice. and when you're first person the bee, do you see everything all weird? Yes, oh, that's awesome. Cool. So it's like kind of a blue haze, and then like a kaleidoscope of a bunch of different polygons mm-hmm. um, that are like reflecting the image around the most of the edges but then in the middle it's just the regular vision so you can see through that uh which i wonder how it works when you're playing first person if you're doing like color i guess you could differentiate like shades kind of Mm -hmm. even though it's kind of like a blue haze but it is interesting to see the like Because this is how bees supposedly see, right? And everything in the game is actually based on, like, factual bee research. So is this, like, bee detective vision? Did we talk about (laughs) detective vision a couple of weeks ago? Yeah, we did, yeah. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah, I I don't really... So so is there an advantage to using one viewpoint over the other at all? That I'm not totally sure of. Um, I think probably in the adult version, there is... That's where the bees are naked. (laughs) (laughs) Um, in the adult version i imagine there is like more of a rationale Uh, in the adult version that's what's going to be the the menu music (laughs) (laughs) just like that um so the the beauty of this game though is that it's really designed like this guy has a kid and he wanted to make a game that he could play with his fucking kid and (laughs) the the amazing thing is that you can actually play two-person, like, couch co-op, but you can choose different difficulties for each person. Oh, so your great. kid can be playing kid version. And you're not and you totally bored. And that's the thing. He's like, <laughs> it's engaging and challenging while both of you are still totally able that's to pretty, play and feel amazing. accomplished. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, my God, I could play kid version and Derek could play grown-up version and we would still have so much fun. Absolutely. Yes, Courtney. From a biology standpoint and a conservation standpoint, mm-hmm. does it teach you about how bees live? Totally. Does it teach you about the dangers bees facing bees? Like, yes. are there pollutant clouds that come every once in a while and you mm. have to, like, pesticides. stay away from the pesticides? Or, like, I can't find the flowers that I need? Or That's a great question. I don't know if it goes into that. I know that... So, if, in a regular video game... A regular, like that's a thing. But I've noticed that often in video games, as you're like waiting for something to load, you'll have a little like two bar line at the bottom that says like two sentences about tips of how to do something in the game. Mm. And he has noticed this too. And he's like, so obviously like you're learning shit as you play a game all the time. Like you're always just learning. And so in those times in this game, you're learning about bees so there's like over 200 true facts about bees that come up during this and obviously you have the option to read it or not read it but it kind of informs your like understanding of the bees world as you are playing um and also tells you about the life of a bee and like challenges they face or whatever um i didn't get into pollutants and stuff but uh, things like sometimes you'll have to battle like a hornet mm. or things like that. And so there is like some fighting capacity situations. Um, and like in the 
adult version especially, like, you have to watch out for humans because humans can be detrimental to bees. They're 100% detrimental totally. to bees. Totally. Yeah, so there's, like, all of all. these <laughs> obstacles and challenges <laughs> that do come up. Um, and I'm not sure exactly in what context or capacity, but I kind of got the impression that the whole fucking point of this game is to show you why bees are so important to us and the world. Right? I like it. Yeah. So I was, I was super excited about it. I also learned a crazy fact and I can't remember. I don't think it was, it might've been hornets. Like it might've been actually, I think it's wasps <laughs> that they fight in the game, but then hornets are like three times the size of a regular mm. bee. And so like a hornet versus a bee, that bee's going to fucking die. And so in actual real life, what happens? Wait. Is it that the, they swarm them and vibrate and then the, they overheat? Yes! yes. How did yeah. you know that? I don't know. I, I knew about that too. That. Yes. Because mm-hmm. so, yeah. nature documentaries. Yeah, I think it's, I saw it on Discovery Channel. Um, my mind literally just melted. He was like talking and I was like... <laughs> so does that is that a mechanic in the game? Can you summon a bee swarm to God, overheat them? So. That I explode? don't totally remember. So move. we kind of got like Lucas, excited and talking friend, about things. She totally make that a thing. It should. Because he was so stoked on it. I feel like it has to be in These the game. These are amazing. But I don't know how it could fit in because it seems so complicated. Oh, you just like have a call, just have a call. Yeah. But you, and then yeah. you have to like, like match you get the in, controller to, you get to vibrate. In, you like get well, to me. And he was saying what happens is they like sting it a whole bunch to like kind of decapacitate it, and then they like hundreds of them like swarm around it, and then they flap their wings at a speed which creates a heat, and so it literally just microwaves the hornet. Fucking dope. Like, how is that a species thing? How is that a thing that species do? I don't understand it. Dude. Dude, Games and education. They have superpowers. We should just quit the podcast now, watch Discovery Channel, because shit will blow your mind. You wouldn't believe the shit that animals can do. I'm in. Is there there bee dancing in the game? This was a great podcast. I think there is. (laughs) Yes. I think there is dancing in the game. And it's interesting because there's the whole hierarchical structure Mm -hmm. and everybody has like jobs that they're assigned. I'm not sure if you can be assigned different jobs when you come into the game as a bee. I imagine you can, but I'm not totally sure. Is it persistent? Like you're always in the same hive and you, the hive levels up and also do the bees have names? You get to choose your own name. Okay. Uh, and so I was, like, going to name it after me. But then I decided that actually he should play the game and I should stand there and interview him while he's playing the game. So I didn't get to actually play it myself. So you didn't just name it, like, Drone 3475? No, he <laughs> named it Bumblebee. Cute. All right. Aww. It was pretty cute. That's I was acceptable. like, okay. Are they bumblebees? I think so. Or honeybees? Oh, yeah. Okay. Are I they the fat honey. ones or are they the skinny ones? I don't know. I mean, the there's bees. nothing to compare yeah. to. Uh, there'll, there'll be a mod for different bee types, I'm sure. Probably. <laughs> there was like there was like honeycomb things that, or yeah. is that in both of That's them? That's in all of them. That's a breakfast cereal. Oh, honeycombs <laughs> are dairy. so good in some countries. Nah, they're not great. I like those ones. Nah. Do, you I, do you remember those? the weird like honeycomb dude though? Like you would eat the honey. No, you would eat the honeycomb, and then he would shaped like honeycomb. Now he's just like big hairy. Oh yeah, yeah. Me want honeycomb. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, I remember that. Oh. Is that a Canadian thing? Do you know what we're talking about? I have no fucking idea what y'all are talking about. You have honeycombs. We have, yeah. Okay. But you don't know the honeycomb guy? No. Oh. Well, we'll have to watch some commercials. No, it's okay. You guys have weird commercials. Yeah, we do. I mean, do we? You, you do. You have, you have weird, weird commercials. commercials. I don't watch TV. 
Yeah, they do. Because the commercials are too weird. Netflix. <laughs> Netflix. <laughs> I don't know. I've been I've been a cord cutter since like 2008. What's so a cord cutter? I don't do cable. Oh. What's cable? Yeah, exactly. It's the thing that gives you the internet. Cable ties? Streaming, streaming. So I left the B thing, mm-hmm. and then I was like, okay, this is my one hour of free time between whatever and whatever. Sure. And I was like, okay, I'm on this floor I've never been on before. Bluff the floor. floor. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh. Too many sounds. Um, and so I like went to walk around, and I literally got like two booths away. <laughs> and there was this game called uh, was it party golf? Party or golf. golf. Yeah. And party golf is like their old game. And then I don't know what the developer is or anything. And then, um, party crashers is their new game. So party crashers is like, uh, it's like neon line drawings of like cars, but the cars are like bananas and shit. And then they're like racing against each other or like crashing or whatever. But there's, like, so many different, like, um, tracks or rules or, like, different ways that you can modify the game in this competition. Um, And that's their, like, new one. And it's, like, a group game. So I think you can have up to eight people playing at a time if you're playing on Switch. And it's on Switch, Steam, and PC. Or that would Steam be Steam. PC. I think it. I think they were just on Steam and Switch. PS4. For now. I think some of them. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then whatever it was, I was like, "Well, we can't play any of those except Switch." Um, and then their old game is this uh, party golf golf party golf party golf. Um, and you like play as golf balls. And there's, like, so many different... You're, like, trying to make it into the hole, and it's, like, a race to make it into the hole. And then you can, like, fuck with each other. (laughs) And then as, like, some of the, like, gameplay styles, you can, like, add a rule on each, like, level or, like, next round or whatever. So you can put, like, mines in the sky, and you can change the bounciness of the balls. It's so ridiculous. I don't know how to sum it up without playing it. But it was so much fucking fun, and it, I definitely need us to buy it right now for our like next hangout game. Speaking of slightly dirty sounding party games, <laughs> was that dirty? <laughs> you said you have to race to get in the hole, and you all fuck with each other. And I just started losing it, and she never stopped it. losing it. I dig it. Has uh, anybody here played genital jousting? No, Whoa, but we I were going it, though, to. Yeah. We talked yeah. about it on the podcast, what like pre-podcast one day. Jousting. We will pull up a trailer later. It's dicks. Oh my God. It's dicks with balls and buttholes, and it's four and players. You have to fuck you, the dick. You have to, you have to get your dick in someone else's butt. How do I not know about yeah. this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How did you hold out on me? I, listen to the podcast, maybe. I do like, sometimes. <laughs> oh, sometimes. I must have really missed young. that Tonight's one. Podcast is rated M for mature. <laughs> the ESRB requires that we tell you that. But sorry, that's amazing. I digress. Anyways, are we doing our regular timeline? Sure. Yeah. So, so I will go next. I uh, went over to. So this this is a game I thought had just come out on 
PlayStation 4 and Xbox One and was now in the works for Switch, but it turns out it came out last year on PS4 and Xbox One uh, and PC, but it's a game called Observer. Um, so it's made by a developer called Bloober Team who made the game Layers of Fear, which I was a huge fan of. Super fucking creepy, uh, like kind of Victorian-ish feeling, but like like it's like a it's like a horror game based around like paintings and stuff like that in a house, and, and it's unbelievably atmospheric. And and it was it's one of those it's one of the f- games where I had to stop playing multiple times because I you're just so uncomfortable, you're so creeped out or whatever. You're just so scared you couldn't. Pretty much. I couldn't, couldn't even. Couldn't even. Um, so they released this game called Observer, uh, which they just announced prior to the show as being ported over to Switch. Um, so they were showing off the Switch version for the first time um, to press. And uh, yeah, I, I hadn't even, first somehow I hadn't even heard of the game before, but it's it's a psychological horror game set in this like, interesting cyberpunk universe uh Rutger Hauer is like your main character uh so his name is Dan Lazarski and so he's like a detective and he gets kind of a weird call from his estranged uh son and goes to this like locked down apartment building to try to like find him or to try to help him or something like that and ends up um like like there's crazy shit happening at the apartment and because it's in this kind of cyberpunk universe, he ends up like, like in the demo, for instance, that I played. Um, there's a character that's like dying on the ground, and he can't really talk anymore, or anything like that. And he's like, "Whoa, what happened to you? What happened to you?" But he's, you know, don't talk, save your energy. Like, I have another way to get this information, and um, he ends up like mind jacking into him. So then he's going through this character's memories to figure out how he got to the point where he got and um, got to the point where he's this character is dying or whatever. Um, but it's super interesting because he is um, uh, because he's in the memory of this character that's dying. It's all like glitching out and there's like weird shit happening and like you know a lamp might be like sitting there like flickering and everything like that. Like visually and atmospherically, it just feels super cool and super unique and. Um, it, this was a developer we ended up doing an interview for as well, which is it was cool because they talked about aesthetically like a lot of the choices that they made. And um, this Bloober team is a Polish developer, and they talked about like putting a lot of the elements of like Polish furniture and stuff into this game because, like, interestingly enough, like of course back in the 80s with everything that was happening there and everything like that they like everyone just had the same chairs and everything like that because there was like one chair available so if you're from that area you'll recognize these chairs in the game and like all this all this kind of interesting like visual just easter eggs for specific people um but the story kind of super interesting and it was cool because i was playing it on the switch and they have um like added a few switch specific things um like if you're playing in handheld mode there's a few touchscreen elements and stuff like that i was playing on a tv with the joy cons um and there was some there was a few like they didn't feel tacked on just kind of small organic feeling motion controls like rather than you know hitting a button and moving an analog stick to open a door you would just kind of flick the wrist and and it would push the door open type thing so just a few little additional features that kind of added to the immersion of the game but um the de- demo probably took about 15 minutes and it was one of those things where I was like, oh shit, I can play this right now on another console. Like I'm going to get this as soon as I get home type thing. Cause the atmosphere was just fucking wonderful. And the story seems super interesting. Um, I loved layers of fear. Um, and I thought this was a brand new game. I didn't realize it was already out on other consoles. Um, 
in talking to them, they are trying super hard to like get the full experience there on the Switch. Of course, the Switch is a bit less powerful than these other consoles, but in playing it, I didn't really feel that at all. It felt, it felt, you know, it was beautiful. It felt um, crisp. Uh, I didn't feel like there was a lack of particle effects or anything like that playing on this less powerful platform. So what's particle effects? Like dust and stuff floating in the air, or like you know, in this case, like things like static and, and all that sort of thing. Um, was it scary? Yeah, it was like, it, I mean, I was playing on a TV and there was like another conversation happening in the room. So, Wait, you were pl- oh, okay. yeah, yeah. So it was, uh, it, it was super creepy and, and things would glitch out and like kind of be jumpy in that regard. So um, I'm never going to play. Oh, no, it's not for you. <laughs> uh, did you play... Derek has uh, been trying to get me to play it. He's like, no, don't play this game, Courtney. <laughs> did you play Arkham Asylum with uh, the Scarecrow? Yeah, stuff? yeah. Kind of like that? Uh, sometimes, yeah. Yeah, actually. Okay. Um, but yeah, I loved the atmosphere, and it was one of those games where it's like, I just want to be in this world a little bit more. Um, they, 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 Bloober Team does a great job, and uh, in talking to the developer, you'll hear that conversation sometime this coming week. Um I don't know. It just the the love for the genre, both cyberpunk and horror, definitely came through. And I feel like that's those aren't a combo that you see very often either. Um, so I am absolutely excited to hear or to to learn more about this world and this story. Um, in the same room, I had an opportunity uh, to speak with another developer under the same. I think it was under the same publisher, um, but uh, it's a game called The Padre. And this game was really interesting because I, they, they just kind of brought a video demo. Um, uh, so it was just some, uh, like a trailer and video gameplay of the game, but it's kind of got this really, like it's inspired by old horror games, like Alone in the Dark and all that sort of thing. And so you kind of play as this, um, like priest. And it's really interesting because it's like, it's like scary, but also humorous. It's got like, the graphics are kind of akin to, um, old school horror games in that the camera angles and everything are all fixed, but the, but graphic wise, it's like kind of like Minecrafty. Um, so this kind of unique, like big pixel, uh, uh, graphics, both for the characters and the environments and everything like that. But that sounds like it would be, um, a drawback. No, like it felt like it was just, it just was like a unique styling. Um, and it felt very classic, like, like, Resident Evil, yeah, like really, like tank it, controls, tank like tank controls. They're also they're also it's in early access right now. They they have tank controls. They're working on more of a, a modern control scheme as well for the game, so you can kind of jump um, between whatever you're more comfortable with. But um, it's very interesting because it's like he thinks you know he's fighting like these creatures and all that sort of thing. And he thinks he's like this badass, but he's like not actually that good at anything. So it's kind of this, like it's scary in that, in like the story and then in that, in what's happening, but he's kind of this like cheesy guy too. Like, um, I don't know. It's, it's hard to describe, but it was, it was a pretty funny experience. And, um, I don't know what's happening around me. What's Oh, I was just saying that's my life. I feel like I think I'm so good at everything, but actually I'm not very good at anything. That's imposter syndrome. I was going to go to that panel and I decided oh, not to. Shoot. Imposter syndrome. I didn't syndrome. realize that was today. Yep. Yeah. And so was the really so was the who panel. Yeah, the marketing panel. I went Every to panel. the I went to some sort of health slash video games type of Was panel. it who's was it the one about Diagnosing people with, with diagnosing people with video game uh, addiction. 
So we'll get there. The Padre. Um, oh, sorry. The Padre sounds super yeah, interesting. Yeah, it was really interesting. It was. I feel like the like old school art style would be a detraction for me in the way that you're describing the story. It makes it feel less appealing. Of course, I'm always open to that. Mm-hmm. Um, but the story that you're talking about sounds super interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, it was uh, it was like a game that I'd not heard of before I went into this room and, and just ended up like that one ended up catching my eye as well. And um, I had an interesting chat with uh, one of the people in, in charge of publishing this game. And um, he didn't, he didn't want to be on audio um, just because he, you know, he didn't want it to feel like he, he was talking for the developers because he was just, he wasn't one of the developers. He was a publisher for it. Um, but just chatting with him about this game and how it's kind of come together and, and, um, the things that they're working on as well, based on the feedback from early access, like making combat more interesting and more fluid and all that sort of thing. And, um, in the, in the gameplay demo that I watched, it seemed like there's a lot of like, kind of like there's combat, there's, it, it's very plot heavy. There's things, you know, there's puzzles and all that sort of thing. It just looked like an interesting world. Um, and yeah, it's, uh, I, I would definitely be interested in seeing more of that. And, and that should, they said they sh- that they're hoping it'll launch this year. They're not rushing it though. It, they'll take as long as it takes type thing, but, um, it is in beta on Steam right now. Uh, and I believe consoles? it will, I believe it will be coming to Nintendo Switch as well to start. Um, and then they talked about other consoles as well, um, after that. Switch packs 2018. <laughs> right, yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's incredible. It's, Everything is coming to it's Switch. It's literally it like. the best console. Mm-hmm. Literally, I don't need my PS4 except for God of War. But if they pour, if you could illegally pour God of War to a Switch, I would do it in a heartbeat. So when I was talking to the B Simulator guy, Lucas, mm-hmm. I really hope I have the right name. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he was saying something about like, look at look at the graphics on this. There's no way we could get it on the Switch. Mm. And so like, is that a thing? Like, is it hard to get really good So the Switch is less, graphics? it's quite a bit less powerful than the other consoles at this point because mm-hmm. you're in some, you're, you've got something that's a much smaller package, is less expensive, and you have to have it portable as well, so it needs to be able to run off a battery. So have I just not been that drawn to, like, really high-end graphics? You just, games, I just or... feel like you don't often notice that stuff, or I'll be like, look how much better this looks, and you'll be like, it looks the same. Like, when we jumped from 1080p to 4K, and I don't think, I think it's rare that you've noticed the difference. Right. So... I can only notice the difference between 1080 and 4K when it's on, like, an OLED screen. Mm -hmm. If you don't have, like, an OLED screen, like, the giant-ass TV where everything looks like you could just touch it, I don't notice the difference. Um, So I'm kind of in the same boat. Like, I'm more like, man, fuck it. that I've been like, oh, that looks great. Oh, look at the... When I feel like for you, I feel like a lot of that is more based on art style than... Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's true. Then resolution or and I'm on the same like okay. that. I do feel like there was more like maybe texture in this game than most of the ones that I've been drawn to. Mm-hmm. Like trying to look more, um, like more realism. Mm-hmm. Oh, nice. Whereas maybe usually I'm drawn to something that's more stylized, mm-hmm. and so yeah, okay, that's fair. Um, but yeah, that was my first first uh, outing this morning. What did you guys get up to? So I did a lazy cosplay today. I had a black dress and a headband with a red bow on it. 
and I was geeky. And we and went. You had a cat backpack. I went to the store and bought a cat backpack. So I have Where's a black Kiki cat backpack. from? Kiki is from Kiki's Delivery Service, which is one of my favorite Miyazaki movies, aka pretty much everyone that won't make me cry. So, <laughs> <laughs> although if you ask some people, all of them will make you cry. But I don't know. Kiki's Delivery Service is a pretty good one. It's light. It's light. It's a good one. Uh, she's cute. It's got a cat in it. The cat talks. His name is Gigi. I like black cats, so it was fun. Um, and then we decided to skip panels today because they didn't sound as interesting as they did when I wrote them down. Um, and so I wanted to walk the floor and look for fun stuff to pick up and games to play. And I think the first one we tried playing today was Felix the Reaper. Right? That's the name of it. Mm-hmm. Felix Reaper. Um, and I wasn't really intending on writing or anything about it, but then we started talking with one of the game creators, uh, Esburn, who was really, really nice, and hearing about how they came up with the story, and, like, they came up with it, so I thought this was interesting. They came up with a story for it first, and then came up for what, with the kind of game they wanted to make for it. And I don't feel like that's... unusual step i feel like usually you have an idea for a game and the story and the game kind of come together at the same time and in this one he was like yeah we liked the idea of the classic story of death and the maiden and death and dancing and so we played with a bunch of different kinds of games until we found something that fit our story the way we wanted interesting i was like oh okay it's a puzzle game um so it's a (laughs) not my kind of puzzle game really i like logic puzzles and this is a spatial thinking puzzle so you as the reaper can only stand in shadows and so they have a mechanic i remember seeing this yeah no it's really cool it's a beautiful game too so you can only stand in the shadows and what you can do is you can they have what they call a sundial so you can change the direction of where the sun is coming from so you can change where the shadows are but you still can't stand in the light so you have to change the direction of where the shadows are, and you kind of dance the whole time, which is your little thing, is the re- the Reaper Felix. And so you dance around, and you change the shadows until you can complete the different tasks. And like, he's dancing because he's in love with uh, someone from the Ministry of Life, and he's, he's so happy and in love. Yeah, I feel like also he's just kind of a weird dancing guy. That too. So, but he took the job, they said in the story, because he fell in love with someone in the Ministry of Life. And the other interesting part of this game is, like, when I when I when you look at the the Felix character, he's kind of like an aesthetically fat guy. So he's got like this sh- like a, a very pleasing shape to him, but he's a fat guy. He's got a, a skull looking masking on. He's got a Walkman, which I love, <laughs> and a headset, right? And he kind of dances around. He's wearing a suit, and so I was like, okay, and you know, so in my head, his counterpart was like, because the 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 game developer I thought was German apparently is Dutch. Danish. Um, Danish. And um, so I was thinking, oh, she'll be like a svelte Valkyrie type to counterplay that. And like I was watching the beginning of the game. Oh my god, is she also chubby? She's a fat chick! Oh, She's like a Venus. Like, have you seen um, the the old statue of like the Venus of, I forget where it is. but Milo. Not Venus to Milo, because that's the one in the shell. Yeah. But this is, like, an old clay figure, and she's just, like, she's got, like, big hanging boobs, and she's got fat rolls everywhere, and her arms are super fat. I'll have to find a picture for you. So that's her. And then, like, she's also naked for whatever reason. 
and has like a big red bush. So there's like a big red bush and like big tits. One of them I think has a piercing and are just kind of like, holy shit, there are children around. This is a very European okay. Um, you know, I'm American. Open in America. No. Less nudity, more guns, please. Yep. <laughs> yes. America. <laughs> um, but I thought it was, that was an interesting part too. And like, so in the demo I did, like, it's like his first killing mission that he gets sent on. So, um, you can pick up characters and move them. So what they had was they had like a hunter throwing a spear and there was a, a hunter, a deer, the spear coming at him and then a, another guy. And so you don't really know what you're doing. So you kind of just put the other guy where the spear ends up. So it kills the guy. And then it turns out that that was a fuck up and you weren't supposed to do that. So then somehow time gets rewound and then now you're trying to get, so the deer is going to get hit by the spear. So you have to kind of go through and you can move the characters around and it's really fun. It's really creative. Um, the I aesthetics are great. Is it on Switch? It's on Switch, PS4, Xbox, PC, and Mac. It is not available for Linux, and it is not available yet on mobile. But I think they were working on mobile. Yeah, they said they were definitely working on, at least on iOS. That sounds like a great mobile game. It's a fun game, and it's, I don't know, it wasn't too complicated. Um, I'm not good with spatial thinking, so it's kind of making my brain stretch a little bit. Uh, a couple times I forgot to do something like I thought I picked up the deer at one point and I was trying to move things around and I figured out the puzzle, but I didn't have the deer with me, so I had to go back. Um, but it was pretty fun, so I definitely, I don't know what the price point is on it, um, but I think it's definitely worth looking at. I thought it was really interesting, um, cause I was chatting with, with this guy while, while Courtney was playing. was playing, cause I was just like... Yeah, she had her headphones on and she was... I'm dancing and, like, dancing around and... Yeah, so he and I chatted about it and he had mentioned that um, this game is made by... Kong uh, Orange. Kong Orange, as I look at my notes. Uh, And apparently it was their first game idea and they came up with it seven years ago. And they've been working on it off and on with, I believe... I think he said there was only, like, eight or nine people. There's only, like, eight people. They're all freelancers. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so there's not really, like, a dedicated dev team. It was just people who were interested who've been on and off the project over the past however many years. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of interesting, too, that they didn't have, like, a dedicated group outside of their creative director. Mm. And then they mentioned, like, they worked on it, and then they ran out of money, so they shelved it. Okay. And they worked on put out some other stuff. Uh, and it so sounded, it's like a real heart. It's a passion project. Yeah. And talking to the producer, um, he was very much like, this is our game and we love it. Um, and he had a, he had like a Walkman on and he had headphones <laughs> on and their business cards were great. He had a notebook. So part of the, part of the mechanic of the game is you have the Reaper notebook, which kind of shows you like what's the overall, what happens after you complete this killing mission. So basically once you set everything up to happen, um, cause then you go back in your televators, what they called it. It's like a teleporting elevator. So you dance back in your elevator and it closes and you're done cause you're the reaper. You can't be on that plane anymore. You've set everything up. Um, but you have a notebook that will kind of show you like, Oh, what happened before this was being done and what happens after? And it has little notes on it, like a mission log. And so he had this little flip book and it had his business information on one side and the other side it had thing for notes and he stamps it for you like live and then rips it out of the notebook and hands it to you and it was the coolest thing it's got like a red ministry of death logo like (laughs) stamp it's great so i have that um and i wasn't like i had seen it and i wanted to play it but i wasn't 
sure if it was something that I was going to write about, but I'm definitely going to write about it. Um, Ezrin was great. The game is so much fun. Y'all should look at it, at least. Y'all should check y'all. it out. The, the guy, yeah. <laughs> the, All y'all. All y'all should look at it. It's going to be real great. Yeah, the uh, the publisher had um, had three booths right next to each other. With We were talking about this, um, he and I, with the monitors right in front of the logos for the games. So you had to, like, look around to see what game um, you were, were playing. And the guy beside us, like, stopped and put his, his controller down. For whatever awesome. he was playing, and like was he came over and was like, "Hey, I actually stopped playing this because this is super interesting, and I want to play this instead." And I, I felt really bad for the rep for whichever oh, no. game was yeah. next to us. Yeah, um, but that was really cool. I yeah, pick it up. That was a lot. That of fun. was really cool. And then we Same went here. over to. Um, do you want to talk about Able Gamers? No, because we went. And we did Spy Party. Oh, do you want me to talk about Able Gamers first? That was towards the end of our, end of our before I mean, we met everyone back up again. Um, but we went over to the Able Gamer booth because we passed it, and um, our dear friend Kenny, dear crippled Kenny, which is his tag, not a slur, because <laughs> um, it was funny because I was talking with Able Gamers, and I was like, "Oh, one of my like, friends my is friend part of Kenny. Able Gamers, and his name is Crippled Kenny." I'm like, "He's paraplegic. It's, it's it's his name. I don't call him a cripple. He calls him a cripple." Um, but they had the um, new Xbox adaptive controller, controller yeah. um, which, and I got to play with it a little bit. So it, the I, I know it has a lot of great applications for people who have their own peripherals that they have that they've custom made or gotten custom made for them that they can use. But it's still not what I thought it would be. It's still just the big two buttons, not little adaptive things and it's it's cool but we we got to try they had one set up where they had um like a button that they were they had battle battle what's the one where it's the battle cards but it's soccer like lucille uh, ball rocket league, rocket league. Mm. it's lucille ball with cars um so they had rocket league set up and they had lucille a, ball just soccer. <laughs> it's a lucille ball with cars is that just soccer lucille ball because Rocket League is just soccer with cars. Yeah, basically. Okay. So yeah, because Brazil's real into soccer. So okay. Um, so they had like a go button for the gas, and they had a, a Joy-Con from a Wii hooked up oh, to really? it. Uh, it was a nunchuck from the Wii U yeah. with really? a USB on it. Yeah. 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 That's all. Cool. So they had that set up so that you could kind of see how it was adaptive and how it could be used. Um, they had a couple other adaptive controllers. They had some that were mouth controllers for people who are paraplegic really? or quadriplegic. They had uh, not for use. So all of these interface with the Xbox. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they all because if you look at the back of the adaptive controller, yeah. it's got like a bajillion uh, interface ports okay. on it, yep. which is the reason why they're like, oh my god, this is so great. Because so, it's like a starting point, and then you can adapt right. it to whatever right. you ah. need specifically. Yeah. So there, I think there's probably twenty four three and a half millimeter jacks on the Jesus. back. Jesus. I want to say there's quite a few. Yeah. That's just a guess. So does that mean that you could have a trackpad instead you, of you have a you track could plug pad, it in. you could plug in your mouth controller piece. You could they had some um they had one controller that looked like it was an adapted PS4 controller that had the joysticks on the side that you could control like this with the buttons. Um they had another controller that had extra joysticks on the side instead of the trigger ones. Mm-hmm. Um, still haven't found anything that's going to work for me. My biggest thing is still those fucking joysticks on top, killing my thumbs and making my life difficult. Um, but 
I feel like the more I get into talking with people who make their own assistive devices and people who have like actual crippled trouble trying to get things to work for them, and I say that in a loving place, not in a slurry place, you know, your own problems trying to get things to work for you, that maybe I'll find something that works. Um, I just feel like the, dis- the the disabled gaming community is still a very small niche, and there's not a lot of people reaching out to each other, especially when you're not severely disabled. Mm-hmm. Like, people are like, you're fine, you have fingers. And I'm like, yeah, but they're broken as fuck. So... Um, I feel like it's super cool on my, that on my quest, like you talk about, like you talk about being such a niche thing, and like how many, like it's such a, it has to be such a small market for so so for a, not even like a third party like like peripheral maker, but for a for company like, a company like Microsoft specifically to be like this is important and yeah. we want to do this, and and I think a lot of it just from something that I read had to do with one of the like heads of Xbox's son, yeah, um, is disabled in some way, and so he was like. You know, this is like my son wants to play games, and how many other people out there are like this, and how could we help them yeah. adapt it um, to make them be able to play well, better? And and I say it's like a niche market, but also like it's not that there aren't people who are disabled who don't want to play games. I feel like there's a lot of people who are disabled who want to play games that don't have that opportunity because right. mm-hmm. they don't have a way to, or like because everyone's disability is slightly different from one another, it's yeah. really hard for you to come up with one thing that'll like yeah. encompass all of that because. I just need something that will let me do joystick things yeah. without joystick things. But someone else might need something where, like, I can't hit three buttons at once or two buttons at once. I need something that will let me do that same function but with one finger or two fingers sure. mm-hmm. or my mouth. So um, it's a challenge. But I'm hoping that things like this will mean that that market will open up and that more people will find more ways to be more inclusive in gaming. Yeah. Um, on that note, though, when I was talking with Caroline, uh, who was the volunteer that was was talking with us, who's super awesome. Yeah, she was great. Uh, she mentioned that the the interface is non proprietary, mm-hmm. so anybody wow. in their garage can can make their own controller add ons for it. Yeah, and it's treated by the Xbox Adaptive Controller as just additional Xbox inputs. Okay. So you can chain like a bajillion controllers together. So it's fully like mappable and everything. Yeah. Yeah. From what I gathered. Yeah. Uh, and um, Scuttlebutt is is that there's a PS4 adapter. Yeah. Uh, and I don't see why you wouldn't be able to use it on a Switch either. Right. Um, so I think it's going to be a viable option for any any system. That's as long cool. as there's a driver for it. And we do love Able Gamers. They do good work. Mm-hmm. And they've done a lot to help Kenny. And Kenny's done a lot to help them. So it's a big shout out to them. them. We appreciate them. We mm. appreciate Kenny. We miss you, Kenny. You don't listen to our show. We love you anyways. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Kenny listens and just calls me out. <laughs> Jake, what did you do this morning? Um, I checked out a couple of games um, with Courtney. Um, the first was called Spy Party, uh, and it's a game that's uh, been in beta for a couple of years, and I think I heard about it probably five years ago. Uh, it's made, Five years ago. Yeah, uh, off the top of my head. Uh, it's made by... He's been waiting for it forever. That's I feel like that about a lot of games. Yeah, um, but I, I never... Uh, it's a two-player game, so I never had somebody else to play it with, and I didn't feel like looking for a community for that, so I, I've kind of put it on hold. Um, but it's made by one guy named Chris Hecker. Um, Michaela, are you okay? Yeah. No, I'm good. I was just yawning. Okay. <laughs> but, like, not out of boredom. Like, I just it's late. Extra it's air. late. No, it, it's quite late. 
Um, so we were wandering on the show floor, and I saw the um, the booth for Spy Party, uh, and I recognized a streamer that I had seen uh, called Lieutenant Hummus, who used to do. <laughs> that's uh, the name. That's and you were Jake like, Man, I love Hummus. <laughs> I do. He's awesome. I do love me some Lieutenant Hummus. <laughs> Get in my mouth, please. Maybe not quite that much. <laughs> no, because no, only eat hummus. That's a you cheese love hummus. I know, I know. Okay. Yeah. So hummus and lieutenant hummus, lieutenant hummus, different things. Different things. And you're a fan different of both. Feelings. I am a fan of both with different, in different feelings. ways. Only one of them you want in your mouth. You won't say which one specifically. Correct. Um, I used to watch him. It's the lieutenant. Go For fuck's sake. Go on. No, then I'm gonna wait. And Courtney were fired. <laughs> I Two was never years hired. ago. It's fine. Um, so I saw a streamer I was familiar with, uh, who used to play Keep Talking and Nobody Explodes, which is a really fun party game. That, Super fun. Uh, Confused. Oh, it's hard. Yeah. Which we should be playing right now and or not. Um, so I recognized him at the Spy Party booth and apparently he's uh, a big member of that community as well. The Spy Party community. Uh, and it's, uh, made by a guy named Chris Hecker and it's a, a two player game where, one person, it's not split screen, it's over the internet, one person is a spy at a party, and he needs, he or she needs to walk around and complete specific mission objectives in, like, a third-person view, uh, like, talk to someone, or plant a listening device, or mm-hmm. just James Bond stuff, um, and interact with the other people at this party. The twist is, is that he has to do so convincingly enough that he doesn't tip off the sniper who is the other player, and prevent the sniper from killing him with the one bullet the sniper has before he completes the mission. Uh, and from what I looked at, um, it's played over three rounds and you're communicating with each other and like working off each other's feedback to try and be a more convincing spy, more convincing AI almost. Um, and so right now it's in beta, it looks like. I picked up a couple of copies. Wait, what does the other person do? Uh, one is the sniper. Uh, who watches the party mm-hmm. and has to, you know, click the mouse on who he thinks is a spy. And he uh, only gets one shot at it. He only gets one shot. And so does the... So you talk about the player having to act like AI, for instance. Is it yeah. AI, like... Like, is it glitchy? Like, are they getting stuck on walls and you have to try to emulate that? Or is Not it just... Not hugely, okay. but... The, but you the, just can't be super obvious with what you're trying you, you to do. You can't just, like, walk right over to somebody. Mm-hmm. You need to, like, stop and mill about sure. and... You know, it doesn't look like the the spy is super complicated. I think you just need to stand near another um, person, another you know character, yeah. and they will. Oh, like you're supposed to act like another you're supposed to act like an NPC. NPC. Yeah, and th- they'll immediately start like gesturing as if they're having a conversation. Okay, I see. Um, just automatically, uh, and talking to Chris, uh, the creator, um, they're adding things like some particular characters don't drink. So you have to keep in mind, oh. as the spy, don't pick up a glass of wine, uh, because if you do, if the spy has done his homework, he will know that you are not the AI and will kill you. Right. Right? Uh, and that's coming in the next couple of patches, it sounds like. Uh, but it's got a pretty dedicated community. Everybody, I think there were, what, six booths there? Mm-hmm. Six stations okay. with two people each? And they were full up, and I believe every booth, there was a member of the community there. One had flown in from Australia to be on site to Jeez. demo this game and show it off to people. Uh, it looks like cool. a lot of fun. It looks a, like, a lot like The Sims, so 
if like aesthetically, that's the kind, yeah. aesthetically that's what it looks like like it looks like there's just a bunch of sims milling around and then you're just kind of watching them and you're either watching them as pretending to be a sim or trying to snipe a sim which was kind of cool so mm-hmm. it looks like a lot of fun i wish you could play with more than just two people like i wish there could be like a larger like a, group. a couple of spies yeah. yeah like so you could have like a couple spies and a couple snipers and like mm-hmm. the snipers could talk to each other, and then the maybe you could have two of the same spies, but maybe the spies are trying to like out each other. Well, that'd be funner to have right? to do different things. Yeah. yeah, so you have to do different things, or like, or, or like the spies are like trying to like, I'm a spy, and I I think that that person's a spy. Mm-hmm. I want to out them so that they can. You're like, or you could Russian have like a spy, right? And you could have like an English spy and an English sniper, and they're working together to try and snipe mm. the other team. So many possibilities. So cool. awesome, right? Mm-hmm. And then you could have like a bigger room that way because I think the rooms in this had like uh, eight NPCs total. I, I think so. I didn't look at. Oh, it there's not like a, it's not a ton. No, no, no it's not very it, big. It at probably all. runs on a potato. Um, <laughs> it runs on a potato. Or the switch. Uh, <laughs> I think it would be kind of cool to have two switches and play that game. Oh, oh yeah, so it's like, fun. Like, that like, seems like the best way yeah, to yeah. do it. Yeah, I was thinking because then you can laptops, hide your but... screen but still make eye contact. Yeah, like I'm sitting across from Derek right now, and if I had my laptop in front of me, yeah. we could definitely You'd be playing it right he now. Sunk my battleship. Could... Exactly. Um, so that's really cool. I picked up a couple of copies, um, and I want it so bad. Yeah, mm-hmm. I play it right now, but I'm busy podcasting. <laughs> um, the other game that I, I looked at but didn't play, but I've been eyeing it up for a couple of days now, is called uh, Pizza Titan Ultra. <laughs> uh, and it is essentially <laughs> crazy taxi pizza delivery as a giant robot, a la Blast Core on the N64. How is that a thing? How are you I, I love Blast Core. <laughs> yeah. What I is love Blast, Blast Core? What is that? So Blast Core was a, a Nintendo 64 game uh, made by Rare, the guys that make um, yep. Donkey Kong and GoldenEye and stuff. And, and Sea of Thieves. Sea of Thieves. Yeah. Uh, some people are, are less amused than Game others. of the Year next to Detroit. Mm. Uh, and and the vantage point. We're not starting on Game of the Year tonight. Courtney, I want to go. I just feel like I'm looking, forward, I'm looking forward to like our favorites lists at the end of this year. Because <laughs> they're going to be there, compl- our both my, of our lists are going to just anger each other. Like so my much. Ch- like I'm gonna have we're gonna have to do like my favorite games and like oh, shit. I wish I didn't like, spend money on. I'm gonna have like a Courtney's wrong about these <laughs> games section. <laughs> no one's wrong about their game choices. It's just that you have different tastes. Can, as can long we, as everyone's having fun. Can we do like a, a girls versus boys uh, <laughs> competing podcast every other week? Or and something? ours will just be about makeup. Yeah. We get real distracted. <laughs> we're just like, oh my god, did you try that new highlighter yet? Remember that game I was talking about 15 minutes ago? I do. I don't. Do you want to know a secret? I've never actually used highlighter. I don't know what highlighter is. Let's talk about this game. I thought it was yellow <laughs> stuff. Yeah. You were wrong. You were so wrong. <laughs> Go on. Anyways. I don't remember. Pizza Titan. Yeah. Oh, right. yeah. The pizza one. Yeah. Yeah. Until, like, you've been talking about it a bunch. I've never heard you describe it that way. As soon as you said, like, pizza delivery taxi game, I was like, I'm in. Yeah. It <laughs> looks great. So it, it's, um, it's from looking down from above, um, almost like God's eye view, uh, and it takes place in the future. And you have a giant robot with a pizza uh, oven in the chest of it. And, oh, my God. Or, or something similar to that uh, from watching the trailer. And you know how crazy taxi you have to, like, rush across town and deliver pizzas it's as fast as so Or hard. deliver... Uh, deliver pizza. Deliver pizza and crazy taxi. Deliver patrons. Deliver patrons as fast as you can and get money. And it's like that arcade time attack thing. Deliver bitches. It's exactly money. the same as that, except you have to, like... 
of either smash more houses or avoid smashing houses and cars, and and you just like run across like these fields of neighborhoods and stuff to deliver pizzas as fast as you can. Did you buy two versions of this game? Because, I wish I did. Yes. Um, it looks super fun. It's like this bright cell shaded game with these like anime pop up characters. Um, that look I, ridiculous. It's super over the top. Uh, I think the soundtrack's pretty kicking too. Is it by The Offspring? No. Is, um, does it have that song by The Offspring? It could. I like. I like how <laughs> he no. barely said Offspring, and you were like, "Fuck off, Terry." <laughs> no, he's, he's asked me that question. I just a couple feel like already. You can just like start saying the words "Crazy Taxi," and yeah. then in my head it's just like, "Yeah, yeah, 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 yeah." It, it, yeah. It's very much like um, "Crazy Taxi," "Samurai Pizza Cats." Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, it's super fun. It's already out on Steam and PS4, uh, and it is coming, I believe, in a matter of weeks to Xbox One and Switch. Nice. It looks like it's going to be a great Switch game. Um, what isn't? Exactly. Um, but it looks like a really good pick-up and, and put-down mm-hmm. game. It probably has pretty short levels. Mm-hmm. Um, it does look like it gets more advanced. In the trailer, I saw that there were uh, other robots or, or things shooting at you that you had to avoid mm. um, while attempting to deliver your pizza to you know a, a wild cast of characters that have their own preferences. Yeah. I think you also have to make the pizzas. Yep. So I think they order specific types of pizza, and yeah. then you have a mini game where you have to put pepperonis and shit on the pizza. Yeah. Um, so that um, that was the other thing that I was super excited for, uh, and I'm all in. I got a bunch of pins. One of them has Bob Ross uh, using a pizza as a paint palette, uh, and I won. <laughs> That's it for me. Man, put Bob Ross in anything. Sign me up. Yeah. I saw Bob Ross cosplayer a couple times. Amazing. Was it so the much Deadpool fun. Bob Ross or was no, it real? No, this is like, nice. just like a brown fro and a palette. And I was like, hey, look, it's Bob It was when we were at uh, Starbucks yesterday. Why don't I cosplay? I could cosplay. You could cosplay. Yeah. You, I feel Bob like Ross. you've been to so many cosplay panels. And you're I like, I'm going to co- cosplay. And then you haven't yet. I got the skills. I don't have the skills, but you know what? You gotta suck to start, and then you'll be less you sucky gotta, later. What did you say, Derek, from Adventure Sucking Time? Sucking at something's the first step to being kind of good at something. Kind of something. Yep. Adventure Time. Also, you have a friend who is, like, real good at coming up with bullshit to make things work. Mm-hmm. I will I will message you with your things. Also, I have a lot of makeup. Good old Adventure Time. Mm-hmm. Adventure Time. It's over now. Today. Tonight was the last episode. Tomorrow. Oh, oh God, that's so tomorrow. depressing. I heard that. The third. Yeah. I heard yeah, a lot of adults crazy. were sad about that. I'm sad. I'm sure yeah. very few children probably were. <laughs> yeah. They all moved on long ago. Yes. Adults can't move on. Uh, Isn't that the theme of Adventure Time? Right and there. Then we, <laughs> and then we met up with you guys. Yeah, so we didn't meet up with you guys then. We went to a different appointment. Uh, <laughs> we went to another appointment making you guys look like bags of shit. It's fine. No, we, we played so many games. It's fine. <laughs> you played so many more. I didn't play a single fucking game today. Well, you, you know, saw a lot of games. I saw a lot of games. That's why I, I made a point one. to sit and play games because I feel like mm-hmm. I haven't actually played that much of anything yeah. since we got here. And that, I feel like that should be the point. Mm-hmm. Um, so we went to check out a new game from what was the developer called? Yeah, Quiet something, but um, it uh, it's, Quiet Riot. No, that's a band. That's an air band. <laughs> um, an air band. Hair band. Oh, um, 
Yeah, so this game's called The Blackout Club, and so it's a multiplayer cooperative game um, by a developer who, it's like six, six full-time developers, uh, many of whom worked on series like Bioshock and Dishonored, Dishonored and stuff like that. Um, this game is fucking From so cool. From Question. Question, sorry, not quite. Question. Um, and so we went into this, we like, the game kind of was just announced pretty recently. So there wasn't a lot to go off of aside from like a synopsis. Can I read the description that they said? In a small town with a monstrous secret, a group of teens has been experiencing mysterious blackouts, sometimes for days on end. Then when one of their friends disappears and none of the adults believe them, the club begins to investigate these strange occurrences on their own. Sneak out at night and go on surveillance missions to capture the conspiracy on camera. Work together with up to four players to gather evidence and expose what's going on in the town's sinister underbelly. Dot, <laughs> Was that your like voice narration reel? No, that's what it said. Mm. Um, so the, yeah, it's like really interesting cause like atmosphere wise, story wise, you're in this world where there's weird shit happening in this town and for whatever reason, the adults don't believe you. And so you and your club, uh, they set out to get evidence so they can deliver it to like, you know, adults that aren't under with this spell of the town or whatever to, uh, so that people will start believing them. So, like, literally as we were having this meeting, as soon as he started talking about how, like, something is happening, but the adults don't believe you, I was like, I wrote the check already, just give me the game, <laughs> I want to take this home, what is happening? So, it's real life? Like, I don't want to yeah, play it right. over again, yeah. it was bad enough the first time. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, there's so many, and, and for instance, one thing that happens at night is at night the adults start sleepwalking, and they become these things that they call sleepers. And no. so they're sleeping, so their oh, eyes are closed, them. but they have very no. good I'm hearing, so you need to be very careful about sneaking around them. And for instance, like, it can be down to choosing to walk across the grass versus the concrete, because concrete is louder, and all that sort of thing. And it... I, I feel like that's backwards. Yeah, me too. I feel like concrete would be more quiet than grass. I feel like grass would be more absorbent of the sound, but there's less but control there's and swishiness. I, maybe I got them wrong. Also, yeah, yeah, yeah. depends if Question. you're wearing shoes. Is yeah. this like those terrifying fucking video games where they've got like the mannequins that move if you do certain things, or if you're like looking at them, they move at you, and if you don't oh, look at them, they move at you? And shit is happening, and you have no games. idea what's happening. I don't like, want it. We literally were just like. You're looking at a room and there's like light coming in from the sunset reflecting on the wall through the windows. And then there's like a shadow. Nope. And, and so. then you turn around and there's nothing <laughs> fucking there. And you're like, what <laughs> the hell? Like, and, I wasn't even playing. Yeah. I was and so And then you turn around and the thing is there. So, no, so there was nothing there. How is there nothing there? So aesthetically, it's really gorgeous. Oh, and things like lighting and stuff are really awesome. Things like reflections, even of like the textures of the walls and stuff can kind of like trick your mind um one thing that's really kind of unique to it so i mean so it's it's a co-op multiplayer game so you're playing with one to four people um one person obviously very hard because you can play with up to four and you're by yourself in that case but there is this being called the shape 
Um, oh, you're out. You're out. <laughs> I've been out for Just, minutes. Yeah. Um, so there's this being called the Shape, and the Shape is um, it's this it's this evil creature essentially that's kind of drawn to mischief. So in the people in, in the group of four people, like the person that's doing the most or that's taking down the most sleepers or whatever. And the sleepers, for instance, you can't kill anyone. Because, I was say, are you killing your no? Because yeah, these are like your neighbors and your family. And so in terms of like, I, I feel like. It, it seems so inspired by things like um, Left for Dead in terms of the cooperativeness and the things like I Am Legend in regards to like your everything, you know, this this is what's going on in the daytime and then at night, like the people that you used to have barbecues with and everything like that are, are coming at you and trying to kill you and everything like that um, to, uh, you know, things like Stranger Things in terms of these kids trying to overcome X uh, event to things like it where um the town is crazy and the adults don't the adults are almost like the evilest thing in them and in there and everything like that and so so the, the really interesting thing about the shape is that you can't see it with your eyes open oh so, no <laughs> i don't so, uh, uh, so yeah. there so there is a so it's a it's physical like it needs to be like physically open doors and stuff like that to get through them so sometimes there'll be hints of like you'll see a window or a door open where um like like off in the distance and so you know it's coming or the fog no! will start parting Fuck, and there's no! nothing there no yeah you know what you do yeah you kill yourself and then you don't have to worry about it anymore and <laughs> spoiler alert that's how courtney survives the dummy apocalypse she doesn't and so there's a there's a dedicated button to close your eyes, which like kind of reveals a silhouette of where the shape might be or where the shape I mean, is walking towards. It's also towards. kind of like that. I'm like, never sleeping um, again, you guys. Why didn't you, you warn know, me? Like, this was the horror movie. Visor night vision in other yeah, games, yeah. right? Um, so, and when your eyes are closed, obviously you can't see anything else. So the sleepers that are wandering around that are physical right in front of you, you can't see when your eyes are closed because at that point you're worried about the the, the shape. And so, so you have to tap that is in where and out so that you know what's you're going, going on. in and out. Communication is super important because. Yeah. You know, if my eyes are closed, I'm maybe keeping an eye on where the shape is. My friends might be keeping an eye on me and what I'm actually physically around at that point. Um, if a sleeper gets to you and, and takes you down, um, it will, it tries to, so there's these red doors and red doors are bad and they can pop up on a house or on a, the back of a semi truck or whatever. And that's where the shape comes from. And they'll try to take, the sleepers will take you down and try to still start dragging you towards the, the, the red door so that the shape can get you. And at that point, your friends, they have to fucking like, get through whatever they're doing to try to help you before it gets to that, the point where you're at that red door or I you're done. Um, <laughs> I don't want it. I don't want to hear anymore. I'm not sleeping tonight. I can't close my eyes. So it's, the, it's super close tense. The like, it's this like super tense teamwork based gameplay. And, and um, we did an interview with the, the art director of the game, which is pretty cool. But we, uh, Michaela then left because she had another thing to do. But I, kind of hung around because they had stations where people were playing the game and it was really interesting to watch because um, you know communication was so important but then completely disappeared at moments where like like not, like there's no like you don't know what's going on and then bam the shape is right there and everyone is just like it's fucking here like get out of here like run and then everyone's split up and then everybody fucking dies like because um, if they if the shape gets you 
what happens is, so the shape like puts you under basically. And so it puts you to sleep. You become a sleeper at that point. And so at that time you are controlled by the AI. And so at that point you become an enemy to your friends. So, but your friends can also pull you out of that. They can come and snap you out of that. Um, so this just sounds like yourself, the worst game of tag ever. <laughs> Fuck this. Um, and so it's set in like, like, a small town there's like a neighborhood like the neighborhood doesn't change but things like the goals of the missions and you know what windows might be open in the neighborhood and where the enemies are placed and stuff all of that stuff is random and changes um throughout missions so that you can't like just get used to like this window is always open i'm always going to go here type yeah. thing it changes every time that you play which is pretty cool what's that called see this Predictive. is Pro- procedurally generated Procedural. so like this sounds great and i want to play it but also it sounds You're fucking just... terrifying and i yeah. won't be it able was to play super it. tense yeah if it was they, super tense like if it was reskinned so that it was like oh you have to run away from the fucking fairy unicorn i could play it but i feel like they're never no one's ever Dude. gonna there needs to be a game developer who reskins scary shit to be less scary. So that people like me who love the idea that. of it, like, I love the idea of Layers of Fear. I can't play it. Yeah. I can barely get myself to get through playing Little Nightmares. Like, I started to play it and was alone. I was like, hmm, mm, can't do it. There's dolls. Oxen Free, I almost couldn't finish. I love Oxen Free. O- Oxen Free? Oxen Free scared me. The glitchy screen thing. Mm. I, me being alone in things is not good. I don't have someone else around Maybe me. Maybe you need some, like, exposure therapy or something. I feel like that just spells PTSD. I, I feel like that's also what would happen. Like, we'll set up all our devices tonight with, like, pictures of Pennywise Adult diapers will need to be then, bought. Like, I mean, that's... I can procure those for you. <laughs> we have them at the store. He's at the buy them. <laughs> Give me some... I want some cool ones. Can we get some some cool designs on them? I got a Sharpie. <laughs> just draw happy faces on some depends and call it a day. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, this game was super interesting. The mission-wise, the missions are kind of procedurally generated as well as so the level that we played um, for the PAX demo was like, um, oh, there's also like a maze of tunnels underneath the town, and so you have to go into that. Um, again, that kind of feels like it when they go into like the sewers. There's a whole sewer system under Derry. Um, uh, and no, um, it's fine. Can you say the thing about the door, or is that too spoilery? I don't know what you're talking about. About the door in the house at the beginning. Oh, yeah. The door is a mimic, and it Uh, hits you. It's uh, fine. Um, So the the missions that we played, for instance, was the last mission. These are kids. They're like 14 to 17. The last mission that they went on failed, and so they need to clean up the evidence of that. So you have to go to this house and, like, find the evidence um, and then one of the kids went missing, so you got to go into the tunnels underneath the town to try to find the kid. Um, and so, so I watched a couple of rounds, and it looked pretty smooth. And then I had an opportunity to play it, and uh, the rounds that I played in, I feel like I kept trying to communicate with my group, but nobody else was interested in talking at all. And so. The other playthroughs probably lasted 20 to 30 minutes, and, and I think one of the... I watched through two, and then I played one. I think one of them was successful. One of them failed, but it was, like, right at, right toward the end type thing. Um, but ours was so... Like, because we didn't have any communication or rapport or whatever... Um, we like we probably were playing for five to six minutes because the shape showed up. Everybody started freaking out. I, I At this point, I'm in the house. I'm collecting the this evidence that's needed... 
all three of the other people are taken by the shapes. So they're all AIs wandering around. So then I go to try to save them because I can't do this by myself. And then that's when I got taken as well. And so if all four people are, are put under by the shape or taken out by the sleepers, like the mission's over and you've lost type thing. So, um, but yeah, it's, it's set to launch next year sometime for PC, for Xbox One, for PS4. Um, I, I loved what I played so far. Yeah, it sounds a lot like uh, like Left 4 Dead and Evolve, mm-hmm. uh, without the crappy microtransactions that Evolve had. Yeah, yeah. Um, that same sort of, like, 4v1, is there a way to, for someone to play as the shape? Mm-hmm. So that's what I, so I asked that during our, our interview. They said they're they're toying nah. around with a bunch of other modes, um, mm-hmm. and that is something that they're exploring, but they're not but com- nah. committing to anything. <laughs> At this right. point, there's nothing like that in there. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah. Because yeah. I'd love more yeah. of that. I, I really yeah. love Left 4 Dead. Yeah, totally. Um, <laughs> And I'd like to see more of that. Yeah, well, and we were talking about, just during our conversation, just talking about it, it it feels like co-op is kind of getting this resurgence now where it really fell by the wayside to competitive or to no multiplayer or whatever. And and seeing all of these cooperative experiences starting to come out again, I think is really great. And Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, this one was like, I I told Michaela we're going to have to get a second Xbox. And she said, okay, so. She said, nah. We'll talk. You're getting an now? Oculus Rift. You're getting that was a new her. computer. She's like, I played this Stormline game. Two for you. There's so many things we have to get. And a dog. Oh, and a dog. We're, we're not getting any of those except the computer. And Xbox. Except the dog. <laughs> <laughs> dog. I feel like the dog is the most realistic out of all those. Sorry, Derek. No, 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 no. I have a dog. You can have. Is it a real dog? You can just. We'll just have, say my grandma's dog ran away. You can have him. <laughs> all right. We'll um, take it. Yeah, so that was the Blackout we Club. Won't take that. Um, I can't wait to see more from that game because mm-hmm. um, it was, felt really unique. It felt really fun. I'm already terrified. So if you like scary shit, please go pick it up. <laughs> Is that how that works? I'm not sleeping. It's fine. What's oh. up behind you? That was my uh, my purse falling off. That the was chair. terrifying. That was all me. <laughs> yeah, we can yeah. just cut this whole chunk. <laughs> uh, uh, what's next? Well, I ran away from that. So my next thing that I went to was BMT. Balanced Media Technology is a company whose mission is to empower gaming communities to help solve real-world research problems through data science, innovation, and human intuition. That's so cool. BMT was built, or has built, a voluntary grid computing network called HUMAN, H-E-W-M-E-N, that harnesses unused computer processing power from the gaming community and combines it with human-assisted machine learning to achieve massive computational power with human-guided AI tools. I'm not even moving. Just put the... Stop touching my elbows. I have to hold the phone. <laughs> wow. The table's still lava. The number of fucks we give about lava is slowly. I'm immune to lava. No big deal. At least she's a firebender, Derek. Just, come on, just go on. You can just cut that whole part out. Just please talk. Uh, human provides an interface between gameplay and data algorithms that allows for the gamer to insert their human intuition and insight into the process of training machine learning just in the course of playing games. So the person in front of the computer screen guides and improves the software running behind it. Entertainment time is converted to engaged hours of crowdsourced critical problem solving. So basically, 
I was like, ooh, this sounds really interesting. And this is the one, I mean, not the one thing. I was also very excited for Bee Simulator. But <laughs> this thing, I was like, I work in the medical field and this is super intriguing to me. Like, this is like the crossroads of like different aspects and interests in life coming together. And then I got there and he started talking and I was like, I'm in way over my head. Oh no! <laughs> I should have gone with you. I got the text. He's like, blah, blah, machine learning. And I wanted to stop him and be like, wait, that's hot dog, not hot dog, right? <laughs> <laughs> Luckily I didn't. Um, but it's so interesting. Like, I am going to do a shit job of explaining it, but I will try to. Um, the way that he explained it to me was basically by telling me, and then when I asked him to repeat himself because I didn't understand, telling me again, but with pictures. And it's basically like somehow... So, for example, we were talking about chemo drugs. Mm -hmm. Chemo drugs attack cells... Um, in the body and kill what should be the cancer. Mm -hmm. um, and then the cancer cells that are left over after the chemo is finished are the cancer cells that are resistive to that chemo treatment. Mm -hmm. And so four months later, when you once again have cancer, you have cancer that is made up of all the resistive cells reproducing. And so now to try and do that chemo treatment again is not going to be effective. Also, I apologize in advance if this is triggering to anybody. Please just stop listening because I don't know how to uh, make this more appropriate or less appropriate or anything. I'm just trying to very desperately grasp at what little understanding I had of this to explain it. Um, but... So now you have this resistive cancer. If you try to use that chemo drug again, it's not going to work. And so there's other drugs that you use in conjunction with the chemo drug to make those cancer cells that whatever receptor they have that's saying, no, I'm not going to receive that chemo drug. This other drug, say, attaches to it, stops that receptor from saying no, and then the chemo can attack that cancer cell. But whether or not that extra drug is going to work to affect the receptor is kind of like hit and miss. And so it's, it's um, dependent on so many different variables that I don't understand. Um, but basically what he was saying is there's algorithms designed to figure out whether or not a drug is going to work in conjunction with chemo to be able to do this and you know trying to figure out why a drug is going to work or not work so say they've tried 10 drugs and one of them works then they're going to look at what molecules in that drug make it different so that it is working and then they're going to compare those molecules to a bajillion other molecules and figure out you know, the weight of this aspect of the molecule or whatever it may be. Um, and so in my head, I was kind of like, well, why isn't there just a computer program to do that? And he was like, well, so I did like a voice interview with him, which I recorded. And I think it'll be its own little thing because it's just so interesting and in depth. 
And like I said, he explained it to me. And then I was like, cool, I don't get it. Please explain it again. And then I still didn't get it. And so I just kind of smiled and nodded and like went <laughs> along as best I could. And then once we stopped recording, I was like, so I'm still really not getting it. Can you please try again? And then I think I finally got it. And I wish I had recorded that because I feel like that conversation at least was impactful to me because I was starting to understand it. Um, but basically... If, 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 you know, it's based on, say, weight is one aspect of molecules that is a, a thing that's measured and different between them, mm -hmm. there can be, you know, as many, at, like, the number of molecules that exist are as numerous as the number of grains of sand on the planet or mm -hmm. the number of stars in the sky. So to build a program to work through that is not realistic. It's not going to happen. Um, and it's, it's not going to be productive in any sort of timely manner, but to then create these algorithms that somehow get embedded into games where now you have a gamer who is using their powerful computing engine, whatever. Computer. And also yeah. their brain. <laughs> and also their brain mm -hmm. to play this game. Now you have the human aspect of doing the problem solving that is in whatever game it is, but with the algorithm somehow built in underneath so that it is solving whatever other problem with the molecules of the drug and sorting them into categories. And then with the sorting of those categories, that is indicating, you know, the, the, they get sorted into pink and one of them, they get sorted into pink and blue. And so the blue ones are not effective and the pink ones have something that is effective about them or fall into the right weight category or whatever. And then those can be like, What's the word? Um, Redistributed? Like, th they Tested. can be looked at in mm -hmm. comparison to all of the other molecules. And so then they can just gather all of the molecules that fall into this thing. And they've already been sorted not by one gamer, but by thousands and thousands of gamers that have computer processing power. And when you cluster all of these into a huge group, it's just, like, mind-boggling how much processing power there is there. And that's not... That's not having to pay someone. That's not having to make somebody do a game that is boring. That's not having to make somebody do any. Literally, he was, the examples that he was using were Qbert and Pac-Man and Minecraft. These are games that people are playing anyways. And so to then embed this algorithm that is sorting through data for scientific research for things like pharmaceuticals is fucking mind-boggling to me. And so... This, like, cancer drugs is one of the real-time examples that he was using. And, like, even though I'm kind of explaining it and they're smiling and nodding happy, I don't even barely know no, what I'm No, I totally know what you're about. talking about because I've heard of this before. Is this the same company that did the ones with protein folding? The folding at home? Don't because, okay, so, like, proteins, proteins are really complicated because you can have a string of proteins. There's only so many bases mm -hmm. you can have for them, mm -hmm. and you can only put them in so many ways, but the way that they bend and fold together changes how they effectively work. Okay. Um, because if you think about it, when you have a key, if you put a key in one way, it doesn't work, but if you put it in the other way, it does. Yep. It's the same way with proteins okay. and other molecules. And so they started doing this with that to find ways that proteins fold. They could find ways to fix things like 
fuck ups in DNA and mad how, cow research. What mad cow research? Mal- yeah, oh, okay. mad cow disease yeah. and things like that. And so they they did that. They took algorithms and embedded them in games and used processing power from gamers to and and actual physical games to to do that. And yeah. it's been happening for like. Ten years. Ten years. Yeah, full, yeah, yeah so it was on like PS3 years? and stuff. Yes. Yeah. So the folding so, at home they were was doing just it. like a background application yeah. that yeah. just used your idle CPU power. But this sounds like another layer of interaction for the person yeah, so to he, guide the algorithm into making the way he made it sound was choices. you can have it just running in the background and using your computing power, or you can have it. So that you're actively engaged in mm-hmm. whatever it is. But then there's like another level of you can also be engaged in like knowing and acknowledging and choosing to participate in whatever line of healthcare type situation it is that you are passionate about. So if it's cancer or if it's macular degeneration was another example or whatever, then you are knowing that what you're doing is going towards progress for this thing. What do you... Well, I don't know if that's necessarily, like, a good feature. I feel like that may result in less common uh, fields being ignored. Uh, I know that by default it it will... It won't specify a field, but... But, like, if, like, if I know, like, for example, my best friend has cystic fibrosis, I know that that's something that I would like to get rid of because, yeah, Mm -hmm. let's get rid of that, please, so I can have my friend for more than... Well, and I'm sure that there's lots of people who are just engaging in whatever and just signing up for saying, okay, yeah, I'm fine if you do this, and not really knowing what it is that's going on. But you also have the choice and the empowerment to be involved in something that is important to you. Um so I think it can go either way. I definitely, like, had a moment of being, like, at what point does this, like, deviate from altruism and, like, trying to do something good for the world? And now Bragging pharmaceutical rights. companies are just taking advantage of free or, like, quasi-free computing power. Yeah. And that money isn't, like, the money that they are literally saving billions of dollars by doing this and that money isn't necessarily going to what you know like it feels like it could get it could get really gross but it's coming from a place of like majestic goodness (laughs) like it just feels so amazing and then i can't remember the word that he used and maybe you guys would know this but it's like some sort of like retro i wrote down part of it retroactive i want to say where like it's like uh uh genome mapping um where you're going back and you're looking at someone's genome and you're building something from that happened before it happened based on that genome yeah so like ancestry mapping kind of so and and tracking like genetic uh, predisposition Mm, not quite. The example that he used was there was a guy who was super rich and he got cancer three times. And so he funded like a cancer research company himself. And each time that he got cancer, he was like, cool, this is the project we're working on. And so they literally were taking his body and his cells and all of these scientists were doing research on figuring out how to address this form of cancer in this way and fixing it and curing this man. And so 
because every single human body is so different, mm. you're taking what is there and then you're going backwards and trying to fix it specifically for this person. Okay. Okay. But he was talking about it in a bigger sense of like pharmaceuticals that are literally geared towards your specific body. So like you are dealing with whatever you're dealing with and they are genetically looking at your situation and creating drugs specifically targeted at your body. So you're not getting the um, side effects for shit that you side don't of, You're not getting the side effects. Yeah. You're just getting exact. But well, then how mean, do you how do you do that in a way where it's not just like the 1% that are getting that? How do you, like, yeah. That is so far Because I immediately, immediately was like, one guy funded a whole research company and employed probably hundreds of people just to cure his cancer. And I'm yeah. just like, oh my God, I can't with that. Right? Oh. And so like, that is like, to me, that's fucking magical. Like, that is even a thing. But at the same time, it's so terrifying and dangerous. And it's like this weird balance of walking this line. Anyways, I know I'm going on about this, but it was just like the most amazing conversation. And I wish that I had the capacity to like wrap my head around it more to be able to sell it a little bit better. Um, so one more thing that he did was his company, BMT, had, um, had a game that they were actually creating. So most of it is putting, applying an algorithm to games that already exist or like regular games, but they are actually, and he, uh, the other guy there, so it was Corey and Rob and Corey was the gent that I was talking to and he's like a software programming engineer type person, PhD, teaches things at places and is super smart. Um, and then the other gent who works with him is, um, like was a part of like Quake and mm. all of these like different uh, game right, development games. companies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like it's more modern ones too, stuff. but that's the one that's yeah. coming to my head. Um, I want to say Tomb Raider maybe like just okay. a, a part of a bunch of stuff. Um, and so they're developing a game that is in, based inside the human body, which immediately to me, I was like, I'm in. I'll buy it. I'm in. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you sound I'm like me. Right. <laughs> um, so you're like in this body and the, the visual that I got was like you were inside the lungs and you could see like the cilia like waving around and there's all this like mucus everywhere. I'm buying it. And you're shooting the mucus and there's, there's like macrophages yes. and like, like, and then at, there would be cancer cells and blah, blah, blah. And he was talking about, um, another company that does like, what's it called? Play something. I will write things down and it will all be much clearer in my written article, but, um, they do a lot of like make a wish things for make a wish kids. And there was this make a wish kid. No, it's, I want to say it's like play test or play something. Um, and they, uh, he talked about how they had a kid who was, had like a terminal brain tumor or something. And, um, he was a Make-A-Wish kid, and I guess they have, like, different degrees of Make-A-Wish mm-hmm. kids. If you're, like, nearing the end, then there's, like, you know, TikTok. You got to make your wish pretty quick. Um, and so <coughs> they, they, this kid, his wish was to 
um, be a part of developing a game so that he could play a game where he was fighting his cancer. And so they came in. Yeah, I know. God they damn, came in child. with this game that I got to see where they're shooting mucus and cancer cells and there's macrophages, blah, blah, blah. And this kid got to play this game in a gaming studio where they're developing all of the shit. So his dreams were coming true, um, where he's fighting his cancer. And so when he's playing it, he is literally killing his cancer cells as he's playing. That's how it feels to him. And he walked away from it feeling totally empowered that he was doing something to fight this battle for his own body. Blah. And... And so became more involved with them in this game and has come back repeatedly and blah, blah, blah. And the whole, like, magical thing about it is not only is this an educational game about actually doing this, but it's also empowering this kid to feel like he can do something against this horrible disease that is just a life destroyer. And... It's providing him with this pinnacle of hope. It's providing him with something that he can look forward to. And they they made a point of being like, you're going to have to like help us keep working on this. So we'll see you in a few months kind of thing. This kid fucking does not have cancer anymore. Shut the fuck up. No. He went from having terminal brain cancer to not having cancer. And I don't know what happened in between, but he definitely got to play this game where he is fucking killing his cancer on a screen. Like, I don't know. It felt pretty magical. And the podcast is now over. Right? <laughs> right? You can't do anymore. <laughs> Nothing else matters other than this fucking game. And so this man, Corey, is telling me this and showing me this, and I'm literally sitting there being like, oh my god, I'm gonna cry. Um, what she's doing right now. <laughs> And it and just corny. felt so... We're manly, though. <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'm okay. Uh, it just felt so important. It just felt so, so important. how do we sign up for this? What devices can be used for it? Is it only for PC gamers? So... Because, like, a PS4 is a pretty powerful processor yeah. as well. So this particular game, I don't think is out yet. I no. think it's still being but developed. But like to let our to let your processor oh. be used and stuff. Yeah, I think it's PC at this point. Um, I think if you go to their website, what did I say? BMT stood for. Bio. Uh, you said biomedical technologies, but that's not it. I think that is. Oh well, then balanced media technology. Yeah. Um. If you go to their website, I'm sure there's something that you can sign up for or download or whatever to make it happen. Um, I asked about using consoles and they said that consoles for sure have like the processing power to be able to do it. Um, but I think there's probably more red tape mm -hmm. uh, with something that I didn't fully understand. Um, so jailbreak your shit. Well, yeah. I Put like Linux I'm sure there it. will be a way to do it. And I want to say that there was like some sort of like Twitch type of interface that allowed you to to be a mm. part of it type of right. thing, but I don't know. I'll see if I can uh have more details in the write-up that I do cuz I think it's 
I think it's fucking important. And I think it's dangerous. I think it can go either way. I think it's coming from a place of altruism and wanting to make a difference and do good and be better. And I think that it could very easily be manipulated to... But that's true for any data. Gathering. That's yeah, just, exactly. Science is not good or evil. Science is science, and then what people do with it is based on and their at what morals point do you and ethics. Stop, and how far do you push it? And and we had that conversation. Like yeah. it was, it was, it was super interesting. Anyways, I'll stop. That but, that was really amazing. Yeah. Um, the cynic in me wonders if it's just different for Bitcoin mining. <laughs> <laughs> Bitcoin's worthless now. Anyways, no, that's, that's fair. come on. Sorry. Dogecoin? We all lost money on that. Let's yeah, not we talk did. about Let's it. Let's not talk about yeah. that. Um, well, and then for me, I literally got out of this appointment at like quarter after two, and then I had to move on to Leisure Suit Larry at two thirty. <laughs> oh, how much more podcasts can we have? That. Hours, oh. hours, and hours. Anyways, let's move. On. What was someone else doing around one thirty this afternoon? What did you guys get up to? Cosplay photos. Yeah, we we went mm. cosplay hunt, hunting. Um, saw some cool cosplays. Um, talked with some cool amateur photographers in that area, and then I think we wandered back down and, and <laughs> sat down. Took a bit of a break. I needed to sit. <laughs> we we saw the um, the world's tallest Spartan. Mm. Oh, um, yeah. I, I think that's his Instagram tag. Um, and he was decked out like Master Chief, and I swear to God, it was he a was, great he was cosplay. Huge. He was, oh, he was yeah. huge. He had four inch lifts, but I think he was probably like six and a half feet yeah. tall, seven feet tall. He looked like he wasn't a human being. That's mm-hmm. how big he was. I, and I, then like his armor made him bigger as well. Yeah, but. Uh, it was amazing, and uh, we got pictures. Uh, there was a dog who will be on our Instagram with their owner, and um, she was dressed up as a titan. From Destiny, somebody from Destiny, or a yeah. hunter, t- a hunter from Destiny, um, and there was like a group of Destiny cosplayers who were getting together, and I think they also played the game together, which was kind of cool. So we got some photos of them, um, and then we went to the PUBG thing with you guys. Yeah. So you you did your laser shoot suit, laser shoot laser suit Larry. So definitely look for those photos coming up on the at Geekscape Forever Instagram. Um, I was super excited for you to play Leisure Suit Larry or to experience Leisure Suit Larry. Just, I've honestly, I've never, like, it's way before my time. I've never played it, but I know generally what it is about. And I feel like it just felt like a game that was made for you because you're <laughs> weird and, like, gross in some ways. Um, my fiance, everyone. <laughs> you're um, weird and gross in some ways. But in, <laughs> like, like, a, in, like, in like a Leisure Suit Larry is a made for you kind of way. Oh, yeah, I'm a dirty curve, and he was right up my alley. <laughs> oh, yeah, he was. <laughs> I wish. No, I don't wish. Uh, so, how was your experience with. So, that, so it's, it's basically like a relaunch, I think. It's been a long time since there's been a Leisure Suit Larry game. This game is called Leisure Suit Larry Wet Dreams Don't Dry. Which is so <laughs> gross. And so upsetting. Uh, yeah. Dark so dreams don't die. What a reference. <laughs> oh, is that a reference? Yeah. I think it's called, uh, it's like a sweary game, I think, called mm. D4 Dark Dreams Don't Die. A swearing game? Sweary. It's sweary. Like a developer. Oh. Yeah, I, I think that's what it is. And it's, from what I recall, not very good. Okay. But it, like, meme level okay. bad. Um, anyway. 
So, Leisure Suit Larry, apparently there's been, like, a bunch of iterations of it. Like, I would say four or five based on the conversation that I heard. Um, but the original one, I think, came out in 1987. And it's about this guy who's, like, like thinks he's all that in a bag of chips and can pick up any lady he wants. But he's, like, a 39-year-old virgin who <laughs> thinks that he's the shit. Every lady's dream. I'm a lady. I don't know if he actually is a virgin or not a virgin. He sounds like a neckbeard fedora-wearing gen. Fuck, I bet he wore a fedora in the original one. I was surprised he wasn't (laughs) wearing one in this. That's where they got the inspiration from. So, sorry, when was the first game? 87. Uh, And he was 39 years old then? I don't know how old he actually well, was. Oh, he's he, like a Simpson. He doesn't even... I mean, yeah. <laughs> so he's probably got to be what, like... He would have been eight in the original one then. Yeah. Or 60-something now. So he has time-traveled. and Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, and that's so amazing. We don't even get... It. Like, that is not what the game's about. That's just a, the excuse that they've used for the guy from 1987 to show up in 2018. Nice. <coughs> Does he try to talk to you when your earbuds in? When your earbuds, you know how like to avoid talking to people, you put your earbuds in. And you're like, "Fuck off!" I have earbuds in. Oh, and guys uh, come up and try to talk to you anyway, and you're like, "I never have that problem." No. <laughs> you yeah, don't you, have that problem. No, I'm shocked. Yeah. Um. So he has. Uh. He. You wake up, or he wakes up in this like research facility or something (laughs) and it's dark and he's like oh baby like what's going on here why is the bed so hard what's happening and then he like realizes that he's not in a bed he's in this like random warehouse or something uh and then he like goes out onto the street and there's like he's on the street in front of his old haunt which is this bar called lefties and it's but it's like I mean, 30 years later, and so, um, like, everything's really derelict, and, like, they're trying to build condos there now, and, like, things are falling apart. He goes into the bar, and there's a woman leaning against the wall talking on her cell phone, and she's, like, FaceTiming someone, talking about some dude who was hitting on her, who she, like, wouldn't give the time of day to, and, um... And so he, like, goes up to her and he's talking to her, but she's talking to her friend on the phone and he thinks that what she's saying is about him, but it's not. And then she's like, ugh, I gotta go. This guy keeps talking to me. And you're like, oh my god, that's real life. Like, it is. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And, um. I feel that. Right? Mm, no. <clears throat> oh. Well, you guys shouldn't talk to girls with their FaceTiming people. I mean, yeah. That's I mean, just, just rude. don't be talking to bitches, anyways. Come on now. Okay. Okay. Sure. <laughs> um. Anyways, and then so she starts going off about timber and um, farce book and Instacrap and all the stuff that's on her, all these apps that are on her phone. And, of course, that's a play on Tinder and Facebook and Instagram, in case anybody I didn't, didn't get that notice. last one. Thanks no. for it. You're welcome. And I, th- I think I think Instacrap is super clever because everybody Instagrams while they're in the bathroom. While you're, like, taking a pee, you fucking Instagram. Everybody does it. Nobody talks about it. Except people do talk about it because I know that everybody does it. <laughs> um, and so... 
Anyway, so blah, 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 and then he goes over to the bartender, who is also from, like, the original bartender, and on the wall there's a painting that's, like, an 8-bit painting <laughs> of, like, a la- like a sexy laid-out lady in red and skin, and you, like, can barely make out that it's a lady because it's so, like, 8-bitty. Um, and it turns out that that is like a reference to the original game that was a person that was in the original (laughs) game la 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 Um, so then something happens he ends up with a cell phone it's a prototype cell phone that needs to be gotten back to the owners before the keynote and so he like takes it back to the like head office and it's this very phallic building that is obviously a cock and balls. And the symbol on the building is um, like an apple, but it's like an apple symbol, but it's not. It's, I think the company's called Prune and it's this like fruit, but then it clearly looks like a vagina like it looks like lips of a vagina and i was like oh i wonder and then i was like oh wait no i know what game this is that's definitely (laughs) meant to look like a vagina and then he goes into the building and the build like the boss whose name is bj for bill jobs (laughs) is like his office is at the top of this tower and, uh, Would you call him the head honcho? Oh, they uh, probably do. Oh, and no. then at the very top of this tower, there's a fountain. Of course. So, like on the outside. So, anyways, he has to go up to meet him in his office to bring him this prototype. And the elevators are like the prune symbol. And so the elevator doors open no. up. <laughs> like, it's just so ridiculously sexual. Um... And then, oh, and then the assistant to BJ is this, like, super hot lady. And so I guess the story ends up being that uh, Larry wants to go on a date with this lady. And she says she'll only do that if he gets 90% on his timber. And so then he has to go on all these, like, Tinder dates and try to do well. But, of course, everything does not go well for Larry. And the whole point, like... The big thing in the game is that he's kind of like this sad sack loser and like can't can't get a break and is also super cheesy and kind of creepy and you know he's just that guy and so um, I think in comparison to the first game they said that they made him a little bit more um, what's the word where like you not that you feel sorry for him but he's a little bit more. Uh, not relatable, sympathetic. but yeah, sympathetic. Yeah, because I guess he was probably just pretty skeezy in the first one, and so yeah. they made him just kind of a little bit more pathetic. And the joke is always on him. So I wonder if in the first one, like maybe sometimes it was on the woman, which would totally or not he was fly. Just super rapey in the first. Yeah, one? I don't know. Yeah, but. Uh, yeah, it was pretty funny. At one point, he like goes into the sex shop, and there's all these like. There's like a unicorn where the the horn is a dildo, and there's. I uh, feel like we've been in that shop, <laughs> probably. <laughs> and like the handles on the door to go into the place are sperm. Of course. And then <laughs> there's like 
a three-titted, like, uh, blow-up doll that is apparently a reference to, I think, the first game. I don't know. Total was... doll. <laughs> oh, maybe. Is that a thing? Yeah. Okay. Three-breasted hooker. Oh, I feel doll. like maybe I know that reference from Rick and Morty. Maybe. Probably. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, and the, like, interview itself, it'll be interesting to see how it turns out. It was a little bit awkward. I felt a little bit... I mean... I was super, initially I was super stoked to, to find out more about this game. And then I literally left this interview where I've just been told that a kid is cured of cancer because he had hope from (laughs) playing a video game. And now I have to go figure out a video game about like dicks and blowjobs. And I'm like, like, how do I flip my headspace to be here right now? right? Right. Kind of dissonance. Oh, and then so I get in there, and the PR guys are really nice, and it's like this young German man who is one of the devs. And did, did and, you tell him that when you came in? No, no. But I was. This was the first time that I was like, you know, I just need to ask a really noob question, and maybe you can help me clarify this. What is it that all of you do? What is the difference between a developer and a producer and a, like, whatever? And then they, like, spelled it out for me. Oh. And we're like, you know, it's like when a book publisher, there's, like, the author, and then there's the publisher, and and then there's the marketing. And I was like, oh, my God, that makes so much sense. Did they give you an org chart, too, while they were at it? A what? An org chart? Organizational chart? Has all their hierarchy and stuff? I wish. (laughs) Um, a duo tang yeah <laughs> that'd be great that'd be great um anyways so it was they were very accommodating and nice but i ended up being in there at the same time as like another media person who was like in his 40s and like was sitting there with his notebook and i was like okay i'm gonna i want to do an audio recording so maybe like we'll go through the demo and then do the recording afterwards but then during the demo, he was so explaining everything that I was like, I need to just record this. But then the other guy was, like, asking questions. And so I'm, like, recording this other guy asking. Like, I just felt really, it felt weird. So we'll see how it turns out. It might just turn out to be a written article so I can uh, <laughs> manipulate it to be not including someone who I don't know. Uh, is it coming to Switch? I don't know how Nintendo would feel about that. Great. They'll take what they can get. So not anymore. No. So you there. actually mentioned something. There was the Polish game that had that was sexual a yeah, little yeah, bit, yeah. and you were like, "Oh, it's like rated twelve or something." I don't know what. Uh, or you what were worried rated. about the rating. Or- so this guy, uh, what was his name? Maltz, I want to say, uh, was about our age and was one of the developers, and he was saying like in Germany. This game would be, like, rated 12. He was saying this, like, while on the screen, the guy is in the sex shop, and there's literally (laughs) 30 dicks on the screen. And I was like, cool, rated 12. I don't think that's going to happen in America. But I think it's probably going to be PC for now. Mm -hmm. Um, They historically have been. I don't think they've ever done a console. Okay. Not that I'm an expert. I feel like but I think that I feel like I somehow remember maybe the NES, like a like a PS2. Oh, I can well, see that. Well, and this game actually is a point and click game, which yes. apparently is way more common in Germany than it is here. Um, and those but are predominantly they used to be games. super popular in the '90s as well. Like, okay. remember remember the cool cosplayer we saw that was the Skull Lady? Yeah, Skull Guy. 
That's called Grim Fandango. That's a point and click adventure game. Okay. I could see it being a P or not a PC, a mobile game, actually. Probably. That, because, I mean, mobile. Yep. Who cares about ratings? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Anyways. Apple does, but. That was weird. Google doesn't. It was weird and it was good and it was funny and I wish that I had been less on the verge of crying when I went in. (laughs) Uh, And, you know, had had them to myself, but. I was trying to find out what it's going to be on, and the article that I found for the newest one is called Leisure Suit Larry is Back from the Dead for some reason. Yes. So, it's going to be on PC and Mac. Yeah. Uh, a, a click and point adventure with questionable pickup lines. <laughs> yep. Sounds That's, about right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I. I during this time, I kind of wandered the floor for a little bit, saw a lot of lineups and some stuff that I would like to play. Um, picked up, uh, there's a cool, really cool PlayStation store um, on the show floor as well. And so they have all sorts of t-shirts and, and a lot of really cool stuff, including um, the ever-elusive, well, not really elusive because it was at Comic-Con and on Mondo's website and is here as well, but um, God of War vinyl soundtrack with amazing art by uh, one of the Mondo artists. And you didn't buy it. No, no. That was when I sent Courtney on the podcast, and she was like, why didn't you tell me about this? Oh, Sorry. did you buy it? We'll get not it yet. tomorrow. Um, you didn't go buy. So I did pick up a, there's like a smaller vinyl don't know what the difference is like there's a 45 and there's a standard vinyl and there's a size okay. difference so it's a 45 yeah. then but of uh it's like a mondo art uh, the last of us two soundtracks it's got a couple tracks it's just um, like a single right yeah it's like that say, single there's like one song on each side like one or two songs yeah right? so there's like one song on each side um, but the art's really cool and i'm of course a huge fan of the last of us and cannot wait for the last of us two um, following all of this, we went and just checked out really briefly the kind of finale of the um, uh, Broadcaster Royale competition that uh, Twitch Prime had been putting on uh, for the weekend. So this was in a beautiful theater called the Paramount Theater, which uh, is in downtown Seattle. It was built in like the 30s or something like that. Late 20s. Late 20s. Um, so looking up at the ceiling, there's all this just beautiful architecture and carving and everything like that. And everything's was, gold. Yeah, everything's gold. And it was kind of neat because it was all like there was like PUBG stuff like parachutes and like a parachute man and like drop crates and stuff all strewn about the place so that was pretty cool and we kind of were just watching and um it was pretty interesting i think it was a lot quieter today than it had been in previous days like i had seen lineups there there was big like swag giveaways and stuff in the in the past and i think they were just kind of wrapping it up because this was the end of the experience um but uh we kind of watched a match that that kind of it got pretty intense towards the end and um this weekend, I think I mentioned a couple days ago on the podcast that it's kind of the first time I've really watched a gaming tournament or any kind of esport type thing, and it was actually pretty entertaining. Um, especially, I feel like in a game like this, it just gets super, super intense towards the end. And um, so, like out of nowhere, one of these guys wins. Um, this is the last match, and so they determine the winner. But when, like, seconds, I feel like after. He takes his last shot, and it's like, bam, you won. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. Like, like all these lights are going off, and then this fucking person appears out of nowhere. And they're like, <laughs> winner, winner, chicken dinner. And they hand everyone, like, fucking chicken strips and everything like that. And it was just so funny. It was perfect. And, like, I don't know where they came. Like, they were just all of a sudden there. They were all there. of a sudden there. But it was like, like they knew that this shot was going to happen or something like that. Like, it was one second after this happened, and uh, it was a delicious snack. And then we went to Cheesecake Factory. So, what a day. 
Great day. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so day three of PAX. Um, we've got one day left. We actually won't be doing a podcast tomorrow uh, because we need to go to Canada, uh, where we live. And, um, I mean, you'll see a bunch more content through Instagram, through the website. I'm sure we'll talk about it next week on the podcast oh, as well. Um, what do you guys, with one day left, um, what do you guys want to do tomorrow? What do you guys hope to see tomorrow? Uh, Sony store for sure. Uh, I keep meaning to go there and never make it happen. Mm-hmm. Um, most of the games S- I want to check out are like long Spider Man games. Yeah, just Spider Man <laughs> all day, every I, day. I walked by like I don't. I feel like I didn't spend much time on the floor, but every time I went on the floor, I'm like. Maybe there's no line in Spider-Man. And there was always, like, a, yeah, yeah. I'm like, why are there so many people in line? This game comes out in four days. You really, like, <laughs> I want to play. Do you need to wait in line right now? Why can't I be the first person in line right now? Just wait four days. Why can't you wait? Um, but I'd like to check out, like, um, Mega Man. Yeah. Because I, yeah. I know Capcom has Mega Man yeah. here. Um, Pray to the Gods. Yeah. Um, the the not Shadow of the Colossus. Mm. Uh, I'd like to check that out. Uh, Courtney has a Dauntless appointment tomorrow. Dauntless mm-hmm. is something that I... Is that new... The, yeah, they just announced it around E3, I think. Okay, okay, um, maybe that's where I had heard of it because it looks, uh, it looks awesome. It looks super cool. I keep seeing people with dollar signs mm-hmm. wandering around, and I'm, it's kind of weird. Mm-hmm. So I'm intrigued for that. Mm-hmm. But I don't think there's a whole lot that's like I need to play this uh, indie mega booth. Indie mega booth looks awesome. I just want to yeah. like do a round of the yeah. whole thing and play mm-hmm. every single fucking. I did a thing. quick walk around today, and what, one of the things we were talking about earlier as well is like this place feels so much different than something like Comic Con where. There's there can be things that are so interesting, but it's just like like passed over because it's like at, at somewhere like SDCC or any kind of comic convention, it's a dude at a booth that's trying to tell his story, and people ignore it because hey, there's something flashy over here. But mm-hmm. at an event like this, and especially you know in a place like Indie Mega Booth where you've got this tiny area that's filled with like 50 fucking indie games um uh, but each one has a TV playing a trailer, and each of them looks so different and so unique and so cool, like. Mm-hmm. Just like I would love to spend it, just just spend a whole day in that area. Like it was mm-hmm. unbelievable, and everything looked so so different. Um, so I did a quick walkthrough, and I was like, oh, I could like I want to play that, I want to play that, I want to play that, like for the whole thing. Um, so I don't know how much we'll actually get to see, but I definitely want to go in that area as well. Um, TikTok is on my list. TikTok looks uh, awesome. Really cool co-op game. I want to know more about it. We tried sitting in line for it a couple times today. And, like, it just, like, the first time I went over to it, it was mobbed. The second time, like, these guys, I guess, have been kind of, like, hogging the demo. Which is whatever. They only had, like, one setup. Um, Iron Curtain looks interesting and funny. I love me Iron some Curtain. Iron Curtain. I think I, I think remember that curtain. one, too. Is it Irony Curtain? I think so. Iron Curtain. I, okay. I saw Iron Curtain. I thought it was Irony Curtain. I, I That's Oh, funny. it is Irony Curtain. It is Irony Curtain. I think I forwarded yeah, it to Yeah, I have. I got the email for it. I think I emailed them, and I just don't think I... Either I didn't hear back or I didn't see it, because my email, my email is fucked up. It's not even a thing anymore. Um, but I love me some Soviet-era shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, if it's... I don't know. I just... I love it. Papers, please. Yes, please. Mm-hmm. Um... Sword of Gargantua, which looks really interesting. It's a VR sword Ooh. fighting Ooh. game. Yes, please. Um, and it's got a really interesting art style that I enjoy. It reminds me a little bit of the way Breath of the Wild looks and feels, but it's mm-hmm. different. Um, I think those are going to be my top three. There's something also called Falcon Age, 
that I wandered by and saw, and all I saw was that you could have a pet falcon, and I'm so down. <laughs> I've more. wanted to be a falconer forever. And now you can. And I was like, oh, mm-hmm. can I have a VR falcon that won't shit on everything? Yes, Perfect. please. Um, also, if I can get time to get into Pathfinder Kingmaker, I would like to actually try and play it some. I walked by a ground today, and it looked super cool. It's so much fun. Yeah, it looked really neat. It's a lot of fun. I definitely recommend it. Um, I'm working on that article. It should be out soon to those lovely people. Uh, I would love for you to check out Torchlight Frontiers as well, just because oh, I yeah. remember you weren't super stoked on it. I want seeing the trailer, and I've heard some people talk about it on the show floor, and it seems like it's getting really solid buzz. Mm-hmm. So I think I think it would be cool bad to trailer. hear what you think of that because I know you're a Torchlight fan. Um, and I was gonna give it a, a fair shake because I do love that game. Yeah. Um, I just was like not really impressed or drawn in by the trailer, which right. I hope is just a. Bad marketing decision someone made somewhere and they need to get fired, but Ooh, who knows? Escalated quickly. Wow. I have no time for bullshit. I wish that person didn't have a job anymore. Yeah, exactly. Don't suck Couldn't at your job. feed their family. I mean... Well, that's what happens day. when you suck at your job. You don't get to have heat or food for your family and they die. Oh, you you've played Papers, Papers Please. <laughs> I've played a lot of Papers, Please. It's a great oh. soothing game. How about yourself, Michaela? What are you looking forward to tomorrow? Um, I am looking forward to hopefully getting to like walk around the floors a bit. Um, I tried to walk around when I had an hour today, and I literally got sucked into like the first booth that looked at me. So <laughs> yeah. we'll see how that goes. Um, I feel like as I hear you guys talk about games, I'm like, oh yeah, I want to try that. Oh yeah, that looked amazing, and I'm never going to get to look at all the things. <laughs> Um, I also would like to hang around and take a lot of cosplay photos because the thing that I look forward to about conventions is cosplay. And I have been so busy doing all of the other things that I've taken like 11 cosplay photos and talked to like three people. Um, I'd like to try the like meditation, your oh, own yeah. voice VR thing. Uh, we'll see if that happens. Orpheus, I think, is the name of the the vendor, the vending group, yeah. or the developer group. Yeah. Um, but you're the only one I think who can go into that and not have a panic attack. So I wish you luck. Thank you. Thank you. You're the only one who's shown interest into that and been yeah. and not had that reaction at any rate. So. Yeah, it's definitely interesting to me, and we'll see if. We'll see if there's time for that. I feel like earlier today I had like seven things on my list specifically. And now I can't think of them. Now we're exhausted and we need to sleep. Yeah, yeah, from one o'clock in the morning. It is one o'clock in the morning. Jesus Christ. For myself, I think I'm going to walk by Artifact five more times, but Uh the line's going to be too long, so I'm not ever going to get to play it. Mm -hmm. Um, Keyforge. Oh, right. That trading card game. I did walk in there today. Um, kind of when I was going solo, but and but it, you needed your partner, your life needed, partner, my partner. We, we can all hit that or up. Jake, or we um, could uh, just that, that's what it. I meant by life Jarek. partner. Um, Jarek. Uh, yeah, so I walked in there, but and they are demoing it, but everyone was kind of paired up already. So um, hopefully, get a chance to check that out, and then yeah, just walk the floor, see what catches my eye. Probably spend some more money. There's a cool Fallout 76 t-shirt at the Xbox booth that Michaela doesn't want me to buy, but she lost a bet and owes me a t-shirt, so I'm getting it. Um, yeah, I think that is pretty much it. Um, before we go, I just wanted to say thank you listeners for coming along mm. this journey with us. This has been a big PAX for us. Um, we've got a bunch of us down here. We've all been together. 
we've done almost six hours of podcasting in the last three days. <laughs> Which oh my is god! Insane. And it's it's felt like a lot to do, so it must feel like a lot to listen to. <laughs> uh, but I hope that you enjoyed it, and I hope that you persevered. Le- persevered. <laughs> I hope that you learned something. Um, I hope that you found a game that you now want to play that maybe you didn't know about before. Yeah, um, I know I have. I've had a blast with you three here this week. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. So thank you for coming along I fucking for this journey this. with me. I've never seen any of you people again. I quit. I'm gonna cry again. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I love oh. you. It's fine. Um, but yeah, thank you, listeners. Thank you, Michaela. Thank you, Courtney. Thank you, Jake. Thank, thank you, Derek. Geek Thanks, buddy. Games. Uh, where can we find you guys? Oh shit! I'm on. Oh Twitter. my god! <laughs> I take everything back. <laughs> We're done. I didn't know I was going first, and then everyone looked at me, and I was like, oh no, I was going to wait. Here, you can go second. You can At fi- Jake Skelcher. At AK Geeky Girl on Twitter. Uh, I'm at MikaMax309 on all the things, and representing on Geekscape Forever on the Instagram. You gotta say the at as well. Uh, and Instacrap you need. <laughs> Instacrap. Instacrap. <laughs> uh, and I am at DKranavelt on Twitter, and I am Captain K17 across gaming platforms. But what uh, are you on Instagram? <laughs> at DKranavelt. Uh, yeah, with that, thank you and good night, and uh, happy gaming. Happy Network.